Greetings, everyone. This is a Sound Health Options show with Richard Talk to Me Guy. And Sherry Edwards is building the portal every day. Truly, it's like a scene out of a Disney animated film. She puts on her tool belt and the bluebirds circle her head and she's off building the portal into an amazing site. Soundhealthportal.com. I'm a big fan of the Sound Health Portal because it means we can do the kind of work that Sherry does now online instead of carrying around a laptop. So it means that you can go there and click on services and then choose, pick a campaign. The campaigns are free offerings and that could be post-traumatic stress disorder. It could be golf. You can improve your golf swing by having your voice analyzed and seeing what's out of balance. It's true. Or it could be allergies or any number of things. They rotate through the campaigns. And you sign up for a free account. You do two 45-second recordings on the computer. They'll walk you through all this on the Sound Health Portal. You pick your campaign, you submit it, and within a couple of hours to 10 or 12 hours at the very most I've ever waited, you'll get a report with a boatload of information that you can sit down with a cup of tea and review because it's a lot, and or then take it to your health care practitioner. The portal is great. There's uh, also tutorials on the portal. And you can find those at soundhealthoptions.com. I think it's under education, perhaps. There are demos of Sherry doing workups using the portal. And I believe we're doing one this Tuesday talking about statins. This is the point at which I talk about this is a great show. And it's true. Pam Mosley, a returning guest, one of my favorites, because we're going to really be dancing in the quantum field. Wow. I've got my John Travolta outfit on. I'm telling you. Truly not. That's not an image anybody needs. You'll be able to find the replay of the show about 15 minutes after I click the end button and you hear the outro music. And you can find that by going to soundhealthoptions.com. Click on the radio tab and then click on the Sound Health Radio Show tab. And or you'll be able to go to Google Podcasts, iTunes, Pocket Casts, dog catcher there's a bunch of them now and search for sherry edwards or talk to me guy all one word and find our hundreds of hours of shows and usually the podcast aggregators take maybe 30 minutes to an hour some are a little slower for the shows to appear and you'll be able to find the show and this is a, another show that you're going to want to hear again and or share it to your friends and both uh, Stitcher and Google Podcasts make it really easy to do that when you listen to the show you then have a link there where you can just click it and mail it right off to your friends which I do quite a bit there's a lot of good information here life information life possibilities picking a choice point point. and with that Pamela Osley has written four successful and popular books Life Colors, Love Colors, Make Your Dreams Come True, and Infinite You, A Journey to Your Greater Self and Beyond, as well as having a very extensive clientele list. Pam has spoken at the TEDx Talk, the International Forum on New Science, Fortune 500 companies, and many seminars for professionals in the psychology, education, health fields, and more. She was awarded the Holistic Transformational Leader of the Year in 2014 by the Global Association of Holistic Psychotherapy and Coaching. Pam is the founder of AuraColors.com, a site designed to help you create love, joy, and fulfillment in every aspect of your life. She also developed LoveColors.com. This site is designed to help you find love and friendships by matching you with people who have compatible aura colors. Pam joins us today to talk about the infinite you and dancing in the light. Whoops, I added that. Welcome, Pam. <laughs> Hi, Richard. That's okay. You can make anything up you want. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's the thing. We all have choices. There's parallels. There's all sorts of fun things happening. We can all <laughs> make a choice. I want to start with, we're going to spend much of our time talking about the quantum fields. But I want to start just as a foundational thing with a little bit, if you can give us a brief description of life colors, the actual just colors, so people have that as a reference point. 
Oh, okay. Well, uh, one of the one of the abilities that I have that I believe we all have is I can see and sense auras. And in my experience of the aura, not everybody's, but mine, I see lots of different bands of color out from people. And most of those bands change all the time, depending on what's going on with the person at the time, in the outer bands. But the one or two bands that are closest to the body, those are what I call, excuse me, the life colors. And those are the one or two bands that reveal your life purpose, your personality, careers that are going to be fulfilling for you, relationship styles and compatibilities, potential health issues, how you are with money, everything about you um, as far as like themes and who you are are revealed in those two bands that are closest to your body. And um, there are the physical colors, the mental colors, and the spiritual emotional colors. And each one tells a different story. So you tell me. But, um, and so that's one of the things that I can do. And I do that work not to limit someone or categorize them or trap them into, you know, you have to be like this in this lifetime. To me, it gives people permission to be who they really are, what they planned on doing when they came here. And it helps us understand each other. So instead of running around the planet going, why can't you be and think more like me? What's wrong with you? We can go, oh, you're a yellow. Oh, you're a crystal. Oh, you're a blue. Okay, I get it. I get it. I see who you are, what your, what your priorities are, what's important to you, how you are in life. So it just helps us get along better. And are there, are there body types to colors that just rolled in? I had never thought about that. Oh, that's funny. Um. No, I don't think so. Um, Although I have seen reds, for example, reds are really robust. It's all about being a physical being in this lifetime. So they tend to either be really strong willed and or strong bodies, strong tempers. Um, So they tend to be a lot more in their bodies. So I see them a lot being uh, bodybuilders or football players or dancers or surgeons. But um, other than that, well, and then I will say lavenders and crystals, especially lavenders, they tend to be a lot more, I guess we could use the word frail or sensitive. Lavenders don't live in their bodies a whole lot, so they can, they're typically very pale, um, not very healthy. They tend to have more health problems because they're not focused in their bodies. Um, but I've seen heavy lavenders and I've seen very thin lavenders, so I don't know, Richard. That's a great question. No one's ever asked me before, but I haven't really seen any correlation to body type other than maybe those two. Okay. And now in in Infinite You, which I I reread, I just love the introduction so much, the adventure of the dots. Now, partially it makes me laugh because I think in animation when I read certain things, and I just I could mm-hmm. hear voices, I could hear giggling, they were having a great time. So, could you just talk with, uh, just explain that the dot, what I call the dots adventure about universes, well, or in dimension, quantum Infin- fields? Yeah, in my book Infinite You, I start out with the picture with the story of a little dot, and they they're all two dimensional flat surface. So, if you are a two dimensional being. You basically live on a flat, like a piece of paper. There's no up and down. It's just sideways to sideways, and that's all you can move, around around on a piece of paper. And so one day, one of the dots is like, you know, I'm just there's got to be more than this, really frustrated. And so he jumps up in the air and comes back and went, oh, my gosh, there, I, I went up, I went up. And he gets all excited, and he goes and tells the other dots, I, there's an up, there's an up. It's not just side to side, round around in circles on a flat surface. There's an up. And they're like, yeah, right, you're crazy. Get out of here. You're hallucinating. What drugs are you on? You know, get out of our space. So it's like, oh, man. So then he goes, and he does it again, and he does it again, and he gets so excited. And then one day, Richard jumps up and realizes he's not just jumping into a third dimension. So it's not just side to side up and down. It's he looks down and realizes he is a three dimensional being that that's actually part of who our beingness or part of his beingness is. We're not just two dimensional, we're three dimensional. So he gets all excited. And of course the other dots don't believe one after one after a while other dots start experiencing the three dimension and go up into that up and down and not just side to side. So I use that analogy 
when we think we're three-dimensional beings because we can go side to side, in and, uh, in and out, up and down. But what we really are is much more expansive than that. We are actually multidimensional beings. And because we're trained to think we're just three-dimensional, we don't have the experiences of multidimensional, which is what I do when I do things like go into parallel universes or go, I transcend time and space. And I can see, I mean, I do psychic work. I can see outside of time so I can see someone's past, their future. I can see other lives. So basically, my goal is to see people happy and fulfilled. And what I've noticed, Richard, is when we discover that we're not as limited as we thought, boy, life's a lot more fun and it's a lot happier. And it's like way more freedom than we've been trained to think that we're just these little three-dimensional beings bound in time and space and there's nothing more we can do about it the only way we can affect anything is to go push it or move it or talk about that we're limited in how we can create our reality and that's not the truth of who we are and you said it so i have to ask what about (laughs) parallel universes how does that fit into all this You know, and this is quantum physics. This is not some sort of weird California woo-woo, what are you crazy, (laughs) what drugs are you on? I don't do drugs, by the way. Um, It's quantum physics. And so what they're saying is that there are multiverses, that there are parallel universes. The way I like to describe it, because it makes more sense to me, is let's imagine in the room you're in right now, there are at least 10 radio stations broadcasting. You could use internet, you could use cell phone frequencies, but let's let's stick with radio frequencies right now, radio waves. Right now, there are at least 10 radio stations broadcasting and those radio waves are in the atmosphere around you right now as you speak, right in the same room, and yet you don't know they're there because you're not tuned into them. But if you were to go over to your tuner and turn it on to, say, 101.7, now you're going to hear the music and the talk that's coming out of that. You're going to be tuned into that radio wave. So that music and that talk becomes part of your reality because now you're tuned into it. Let's say now you move over to 99.9, and now you're hearing the music and the talk that's coming out of that broadband broad is that the right broadcast, Um, the broadband, whatever it is, that frequency, you're tuned into that now. So that becomes your reality. Now, 101.7 is still around you. That energy, that information, that music is in the airwaves right around you, but you don't know it because you're not tuned into it. So it's not part of your reality, but it still exists. So that's the same with parallel universes. It, It blows me away, Richard, that what, physicists are saying this is so mind-blowing but you know what it's in our movies now we're seeing it in the movies all the time so there's a lot of advanced consciousness going on with screenwriters we've got back to the future and sliding doors and frequency and um and now even the movie yesterday did you see that richard yesterday about the not yet whoops i just lost you pam Pam, you stepped into a separate quantum field. I did. See, I'm shifting over to parallel universes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and you didn't hear me, and yet I was exactly. still talking. I still exist. That's pretty funny. That's great. Um, that was a great example of psychic. Uh, perfect. <laughs> That's so perfect. So the movie, Oops, she the stepped movie. into a different time zone. Perfect. <laughs> the the uh, movie yesterday is even about a parallel universe. It's so cool. Anyway, so this is what physicists, quantum physicists are saying, like David Deutsch is really cool about this. Let's say you're walking down the street headed for a meeting and you look at a store and go, oh, I'd really love to go in there and get a cup of coffee. I don't have time for that. I got to get to my meeting and you move on. Well, there's another actual aspect of you that went into that shop and got a cup of coffee and then went on to the meeting and that you is having a specific and very unique and very different Um, life experience than the you that went on to the meeting without getting coffee. They're very subtle shifts, um, but they're still two different yous having two different experiences. That's what other lives are about. Some people call them past lives 
what I've noticed is there's no such thing as time in, in spirit. So all those lives are happening simultaneously. Other eras, other bodies, but there's a you in this lifetime that, that what they're saying is every time you make a decision to go left instead of right, a different you splits off and goes the other, <laughs> makes the other choice and is having a whole life separate from you. Now, the differences can be so subtle that we don't notice it, but Richard, every time we make a choice, there's another you that splits off and is having a different experience. So there's a you that married somebody that you knew in high school. There's a you that never got married at all. There's a you that had three children. There's a you that doesn't even live in Northern California. You live someplace else because every time you made a decision, one of you split off and is having that, that experience. And to me, it's just like radio stations. Even if you're not aware of them, they're still having an existence. And I believe that you feel them, you encounter them every time you have a deja vu. Or have you ever had the experience, I do this all the time, where you're with somebody and they have a memory of a different past. I mean, you guys grew up together. It could be a sibling. It could be a parent. And they start talking about what you did when you were little. It's like, I never did that. You have a completely different memory. And some people go, well, it's just our memories are bad. And I go, no, they probably intersected with you from a different, from a different parallel universe. And um, they have different memories. And um, when you have a deja vu experience, in my experience or my estimation, that's you intersecting with another you. You're crossing paths now and going, oh, yeah, I've already, oh, there you are, there you are. So it's really weird, but this is actually quantum physics. And to me, it makes sense when we realize that we're infinite beings, not little three-dimensional or little two-flat-dimensional little dots. Um, we're infinite beings. So, of course, our souls are having infinite experiences of their realms, other lifetimes, other planets, other eras, other bodies. Of course, that's what we're doing, but we're not trained to do that. So we just think we're limited in one little body. Wow. I almost <laughs> fell into another quantum field arguing myself about that. That's amazing. Um, as long as I've been listening to you a long time, let's say 20-ish years ballpark, <laughs> but let's not go further back because that's too far back. Um, you have really been fad, uh, fascinated and or possessed, and I mean that in a good way, by <laughs> quantum fields and quantum physics. I mean, uh -huh. all the years that you had the radio show, you talked to everybody from Bruce Lipton to Greg Braden and everybody in between about quantum fields. Uh -huh. Were you doing – was were you fascinated by quantum fields and physics before you started doing readings or was the readings that made you go, huh, quantum physics? No, it was before it was before, um, okay. uh, years and years ago. And by the way, I think I met you in 1991 when my first book came out because <laughs> I was on book tour up in Northern California. And didn't I meet you up at a bookstore? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. 1991, <laughs> 92. So yeah, it's been long. Yeah. And we're only 28 years old. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. Well, that's a, that's um, a choice point. We chose that's our other life. <laughs> that's a parallel universe. Okay. Yeah, it was in the in the eighties that I discovered the Seth books, and Seth mm. by Jane Roberts is very quantum physics. Those books came out in the seventies, and to me, they were so ahead of their time. But that got me interested. Of course, there wasn't a lot of information out there about quantum physics at that point, um, other than the Seth books, and then you know, of course, there was the consciousness of you know, think and grow rich, or as a man thinketh, you know, there was all that, you know, imagine it, dream it, envision it, you can accomplish it as a man, you know, anything you can conceive, you can achieve, that was out, but it wasn't as in-depth about quantum physics, or, you know, any of the books that were out about quantum physics, physics only the quantum physicists were reading those or could understand those, and even then they can't understand them, so, yeah, it was a long time ago that I got interested in that, and it's because of that and studying the Seth books that I believed that psychic information, um, remote viewing, parallel universes, it was because of those books that I believed that what I now do was possible. 
and that's I, I almost had forgotten. I thought about this earlier that that's one of the things that we used to talk about was the Seth materials because I way back in college I studied the Seth materials mm-hmm. as a group for a year. We spent a year talking about it. We'd get together once a week and talk about the Seth materials, mm-hmm. and it always felt very comfortable to me. It felt very. It just felt. It just made sense. I don't know how to say it. I wasn't yeah. a math person, so I couldn't imagine studying physics because it was too many, way too much math. I just, if they talked about it from that way, if they talked about it from the Seth perspective, I would have been there every day. But it yep. was too much math. And it just makes so much sense. It just felt so natural. So it always has been a, a thing for me as well. Um, and you mentioned something here I was going to save till later, but I have to ask talk about remote viewing. Okay, so here's the bottom line. What I know to be true is that our consciousness is non-local, meaning it's not, in lay terms, it's not trapped and localized. It's not created by our brain. It's not trapped in our brain. It's not trapped in our body. Our consciousness is non-local, meaning it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It can go everywhere. Again, it's expansive. So to me, remote viewing a non-local mind, same thing, meaning that to do remote viewing, all I have to do is go into non-local mind or the quantum field or whatever you want to call this expanded consciousness, and I can focus in another location. And I'll give another, I'll give an example of this. I got called on, I don't remember if it was Christmas Eve or Christmas Day by panicked clients saying that their friend's plane had gone down in Panama and there was a pilot, a father, and two young, two young girls, one, the daughter of the father, and then her friend. And the plane had gone missing somewhere in Panama. And please, please, please help us, help us, help us. So I went into remote viewing. I went into advanced consciousness. I went into non-local mind, meaning my consciousness is everywhere. And I focused on the plane. I connected with the one girl that I knew was still alive. Her name was Frankie. And I, had know, I knew that the pilot had died immediately. The daughter had died immediately. The father, I felt, was alive for a little while. And he was talking to Frankie. But I went, and then he crossed over. I went, there's only one girl still alive. And they eventually found the plane. And in, in fact, it was the one girl that was still alive. And she said that she thought that the father had been talking to her for a while, but she didn't know if she'd been hallucinating. Um, And here's a weird thing. Um, The search party that found the plane because it had crashed in a, on the side of a extinct volcano, huge mountain, trees everywhere, very tropical. And so the search party said they were guided to find the plane because it's a huge amount of area. Anyway, they did find Frankie still alive and so I was able to talk to her. I was able to see, what, you know, that the plane was upside down. It had crashed in trees, the whole bit. And so that's one example of remote viewing or non-local mind or expanded consciousness where you can focus anywhere. You can expand or be aware that your consciousness is already expansive, that it's everywhere. And what I did was intentionally focus on the party that was in the plane, and was able mm. to zero in on them. And that's happened a lot to me. And that's I also a... why I can do, why I can have a client and go, I'm, you know, we, you know, we connect with my husband and I can expand my consciousness, go right to where the husband is and start talking to him and go, oh, this is what's happening. This is what I feel from him. This is, you know, I'm seeing some health issues. It's the same thing. Remote viewing, non-local mind, expanded consciousness. It's the same thing. And I have about 43 questions there. <laughs> do that. And by the way, this also includes going outside of time. I've been able to go into people's future. Now they have free will. So I tell them, you know, okay, on the path you're headed right now, this is what your future looks like. And I describe it to them. I can get often names, places, you know, the whole bit. And I go, you know, if you're not, if you're not liking that future, we got to take a look at you shifting what you're believing in so you get on a different path so you can change your future and 
that's also a form of non-local mind, remote viewing. I'm seeing I'm seeing it remotely into the future, or I can see someone's past the same way, or someone's past life the same way. It's expanded consciousness. Mm-hmm. And in a certain way, does that mean that? So you're doing a, a reading with somebody, and they ask you a question about that. Do you kind of key through them in a certain way to get to the the quantum choice point or spot that is theirs that you're viewing? Do you? Does that make sense? If I'm if I'm looking at something in their life that's in the future, absolutely, I key through them. But a lot of times, I can just go directly there. Um, yeah. If I'm going to go find somebody else, sometimes I use someone in my presence as a conduit to go to them if I'm having trouble going directly there. But a lot of times, and see when I say going there, see how we, we think in terms of time and space? Mm-hmm. I expand my consciousness, and I am there. <laughs> so um, it's not that I'm going anywhere. I'm just shifting my focus to realize my consciousness already exists there. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, yes, if, if, I, if I have trouble, if I'm having a challenge finding somebody, I will go through the person that I'm talking to as a conduit. It, it's both. Mm-hmm. It's almost. And by the, the way, the, the, fact, go ahead. the fact that I can do this, Richard, if I have this in my consciousness, that means all of us have this ability, just like the little dot. If he could go in to th- and realize that he was also three-dimensional, that means all of us have the ability to do it. A lot of people don't want to do it or they're afraid to do it, and other people don't believe it's possible. So I happen to be one of those rebels that go, hey, don't, you know, I'm unlimited. Don't limit me. I like to go beyond limits. But not everyone has that desire in this lifetime. Right. I, I always thought it was fascinating watching um, Gene Roddenberry's Star Trek in the early days thinking – and that's a whole other show. Gene Roddenberry's a whole other. Everybody can bookmark that, and someday we'll talk about him. Um, that he had this amazing thing where, he, so we have the transporter, which is kind of like what you're doing on, you know, non-local mind. They step into the transporter, and suddenly Kirk, Gene Shatner, is standing on a planet. Mm-hmm. And, it was, and and he made this allegory, you know, this filmic you know, methodology rather than Captain Kirk just holding his forehead and going, I'm there. He had to create this, <laughs> oh, you step into a thing, you get all shiny and bright and bubbly and there's a sound effect and then you're there. Um, so it was always fascinating to me. I, I always thought that part was, I always loved watching the uh, science of, you know, Star Trek happen where it's like, well, why wouldn't you just go there? I was already, I was a wonky kid. So I thought a lot of time in the quantum field thinking about that kind of stuff. Well, you know, there's a di- there's there's being there in consciousness. My body's not actually where that plane was, right? I mm-hmm. can be there in consciousness, but since we're made of energy, I love that you're bringing this up, Richard. Since we really are made of energy, it's all just waves of bits and 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 light and energy and bits of consciousness, waves of information. Of course, at some point we're going to be teleporting. <laughs> we're just energy once they get that. And you know what? They already theorized that we're going to be able to teleport. This is the funny thing. They said, we already know how to move the matter or how to create the matter dissolving in one place and, and reappearing in another place. We already know how to do that theoretically. Get this, Richard. They said the only thing they can't figure out how to do is move the personality. And I went, oh, my God, they're, they're just not thinking right yet. It's like consciousness <laughs> can be everywhere. You don't have to change the person. You don't have to move the personality. They go, so if you're leaving one body and you know how to play the piano, are you still going to be able to play the piano when you, you know, reappear the, 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 the atoms in space, the, the energy field in another location to go, you, do you understand consciousness is everywhere? It can be wherever it wants to be. You're just helping to manifest a body. Yeah. Well, in a certain way, it's that same thing like Gene Roddenberry had to have the twink. You, know, you go to the transporter room, you you go there, you have to stand in the thing, you stand in the circle, data presses the button, and you get all sparkly and shiny, and then you can be there. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like you have to go through the act of, really? Consciousness, the most like <laughs> wobbly, loose, runaway thing in the world, and you have to worry about it going with it? Wait a minute. Without it, there is no go there. All right. Yeah, well, and look, at we're already doing it with cell phones and the Internet. 
I mean, waves and bits of information are flying through the atmosphere and going into my sister's little phone in Europe. How in the world does my voice, bits of information, go into my little cell phone and show up in my sister's phone in Europe? Come on. (laughs) It's like we're already doing it with technology, but people think we can only do it through technology. But that's not the case. We're creating the technology. Anything that we can do with technology, we can do with our consciousness. So at some point, we'll catch up with that. We're getting there. <laughs> I hope so. That's what I'm going. Technology is too slow for me now. It's like, will people just get telepathic, please? Because <laughs> we really are telepathic beings. We really are. Um, that's the truth of our souls, of who we are. But people don't know that yet, you know. But we've all experienced it. Haven't you had the thought of someone and then they call or you run into them and go, oh, my gosh, I was just thinking about you. I haven't seen you in years and I was just thinking about you and there you are. <laughs> sure. After my – for several years after my mother died, I would uh, smell cigarette smoke anytime she wanted to like say hello or you know throw something mm-hmm. at me from the other side because she was a smoker. And I would smell cigarette smoke. I would be nowhere where there was smoke. I would be alone in my house <laughs> and I would smell mm-hmm. cigarette smoke. And at first, it kind of freaked me out. Then it was like, oh, of course she would come because she knew I hated the smell of cigarette smoke. Just hated it. <laughs> um, so she'd come, well, you know, I'd suddenly smell cigarette smoke being blown in my face. And I'm like, okay, meme, what? <laughs> it's like her doorbell. I love it. Well, see, that's another example of expanded consciousness. I talk to people on the other side all the time. I have people coming to me or calling on the phone or whatever. And we talk to loved ones that have crossed over there's no limitations to consciousness once you get that this is possible anything's possible and, and i know that's kind of far out for a lot of people and they think it's science fiction but richard look at how many things now that used to be termed science fiction is now science fact you know we're we're, we're flying in airplanes where there's rocket ships going to the moon I mean, can you imagine how hard it was for people to understand the first time someone came back and went, the earth's not flat, you guys, it's round. I could imagine them going, what do you, no, how, how can it be round? How, how do people not fall off on the other side of the road? You're, there's no <laughs> way that's possible. <laughs> well, I mean, we have our Dick Tracy watches. I mean, we've gotten <laughs> yeah. that far that people are talking into the Dick Tracy watches. I'm not one of those people, but we are talking into our Dick Tracy watches, which I thought mm-hmm. would never happen. We now have um, the Jetsons sort of flying cars in a certain way. We could have flying cars, but it seems really dangerous. People can barely drive <laughs> on land, I think, flying cars is – what? Uh, must, we'd be much better transporting than doing any kind of flying car thing. Well, I'm um, already doing 3D printing. You know, It's like the Jetsons, like whatever you want, 3D printing, and it shows up <laughs> right there in front of you. And they're talking about 3D printing our food. Like, okay, there you go. So the Jetsons are not that far away. <laughs> we have Rosie the Robot. I mean, we actually That's do right. have robotics. Who would have ever thought we'd have a thing walking around, crawling around on the floor at night vacuuming? I don't have <laughs> one because I find them annoying, and they always get caught in the fringe. But the idea is that we are having a lot of the things that we used to joke about. And back in the – I don't know that anybody here is old enough to know the Jetsons, but possibly you or I. There must be somebody here. Where it all looked incredibly futuristic, and now we have the robot. We have almost have replicators. We at least have coffee dispensers you can walk over that looks kind of like a replicator. And we're flying around, kind of. I mean, it's really quite extraordinary. Um, Since we talked about death, I had this curious thought. When we die, well, there's, there's two questions, and I'll throw them both to you. Is one... Do we go some, through some sort of power wash? <laughs> I don't know what kind, but some kind of power wash as we exit our bodies, leaving all of that stuff that we had, not illness, but all the attachments and the thoughts and the less thans and I can't and I'm not able to and I'm too fat and the, all that kind of stuff. Does that get power washed when we exit our body? And do yellows all go to the same quantum field? I'm just picking on <laughs> yellows because I happen to be a yellow, but I mean – is there a place where we all kind of gravitate to at first and then we sort out as we figure it out? All right. Um, before I answer that, I want to do a little experiment with you and your listeners, okay? And I think I might have done this with you before, but just in case. Okay, take your thumb 
and put it about six inches in front of your face and find something in your room or your environment where you can block out something by putting your thumb in front of it, between your eyes and your thumb, okay? A lamp, a tree, a plant, I don't care. Just put your thumb in front of it, okay? Now, just look at that with your right eye. Now, do not move your thumb. Just look at it with your right eye. Now, do not move your thumb. Now, just look at it with your left eye. Don't move your thumb. Now, your left eye. Now, your right eye. Now, your left eye. Now, your right eye. Okay? Now, stop doing it. Did you see how that changed position on the other side of your thumb? Yes. Right? Okay, so watch. Your two eyes are on your body with your same mind, your same thinking, and your own two eyes couldn't even decide where in space that item was. Couldn't even agree with it. Okay. Yeah. How do you expect anybody else on the planet with a different body running around and a different belief system? How do you expect anyone to have the same beliefs or perspective in life that you do? Right. So having said that, this has been my experience, my beliefs. And uh, on my show, I've had a lot of people who have had near death experiences and they confirm a lot of the things. Plus I talk to people on the other side and they tell me the same things. Now, having said that, if people have belief systems, they're going to encounter or experience what you believe in. So when I've heard when people cross over, a lot of times what they do is they go into absolute pure ecstasy, joy, surrounded by and filled with so much love. It's beyond explanation. It's beyond understanding. Total feeling of love. A lot of people see the light. And it's a bright light. They call it God. They call it the universe. They call it spiritual beingness, whatever it is. A lot of people see that. Now, other people have had some negative experiences short term based on the beliefs that they have. Some people go over there and they see Jesus. Some people see Buddha. Some people see saints. It seems to be depending on the beliefs that they have. Most people are met with loved ones by loved ones who have already crossed over, including loved ones they didn't even know existed like uh, a sibling that they had that died before they were even born that they didn't even know they had a sister that died before they were born they encounter those so what I've noticed is most people right away get revelations of oh I see what this was I see that I was creating a movie here I see what this all was it was a big dream or I was having an experience or I was you know meeting with people I chose to come here, they get an instant realization, an instant revelation of the truth of who we are and what we're doing here. They get the truth of, uh, like Anita Marjani, um, dying of cancer mm. and having a near-death experience and coming back and realizing why, without upsetting people, why she had created the cancer. And when she came back, there was no cancer in her body after that because she realized that her fear had created the cancer. So people get realizations, they have experiences, they see loved ones. Now, I've also experienced, Richard, a handful of people when I've tuned into them on the other side. Some people have not fully realized that they've died and they're still kind of attached to, you know, wait, wait, wait. They, they haven't let go of the thought that they have a body. Notice I said the thought that they have a body. And so they, they're, they, you know, are stuck here a little bit more. And I don't mean stuck like in torture and whatever, but no one's ever stuck there for long. They always have helpers that come and help them realize where they are, what's going on. I've had a handful of people really insistent that they were going to stay like a very bossy mother, for example. She was very insistent that she was going to stay by her son and tell him how to live his life. And she was not letting go of that. But in time, not that there's time over there, <clears throat> with help, with experience, with teachers, guides, healers over there, they kind of realize eventually who they are and they shift into a higher consciousness. So some people release exact, immediately. Mm -hmm. They see... They see that the body, see, in my belief system, it's our thoughts and beliefs are creating this body. You're holding the image of having a body. You create the image of your body and the experience of your body. And once your consciousness shifts into another realm, another experience, because that's all it is, is just shifting into another 
frequency into another dimension, into another realm, whatever word you want to put to it. And you, and you may see the remnants of what you've created in the past, that body, but eventually <laughs> that experience of the body goes away. You're no longer that body. You, you have whatever experience you want on the other side. You can experience having a light body, just being consciousness. People over there still do things. I've seen people over there. One man was really engaged in politics over here. And he went to the other side and was still trying to help politicians from that side, still trying to guide them. I've seen often, I've seen young teenagers cross themselves over by doing um, an overdose of drugs. And on the other side, they're choosing to have the experience of helping kids on this side, talking to them, being a guide for them, helping them through their depressions or through their um, suicidal tendencies. They've also been the same kids that help when other kids or other people cross over. They help them cross over. They, they, they become like spirit guides. We, still, we get to create any experience we want on this side as well as on the other side. I don't want to upset people to go, no, when you cross over, you go into the nothingness. You become, uh, you become pure. You blend with the, the field. It's like, okay, great. That hasn't been my experience, but other people can have that experience based on their beliefs. You know, there's you different back, levels. Mm-hmm. You go back to being a dot on a page. There's for you. <laughs> You're a dot on a page. I'm kidding. Just kidding. This is a joke. Um, I, I and, do believe that you get a higher level of consciousness, of awareness of what this all is, how we're creating it, and how we're infinite beings. Matter of fact, all the people I've talked to that had near-death experiences said as soon as they were in that expanded consciousness on the other side, they saw all their other lives still happening simultaneously. They were aware of them. Anita Marjani said that. Lisa Gar said that. There's a whole bunch of beings that said, oh, my gosh, I saw all my lifetimes and realized I was having all those experiences simultaneously because I'm an infinite being. Mm-hmm. You see, I get excited about this, right, Richard? No, no. Well, and I, I, I remember during the uh, when I lived on the Monterey Peninsula and I was hanging out with our friend Rob Rob, um, there was a period where there were people coming to town who were near or, or were local who'd had near-death experiences. And so there was a period of a couple of years where I was hanging out with a lot of near-death experienced people. And they all had that same, I would say they had a, a fascinating calmness about them in a certain way. Because I think mm-hmm. once you died, what is there to be afraid of? Okay, I did that. Okay, <laughs> check. I'm good. And plus, they all did have a expanded kind of thinking because they'd already gotten that out of the way in a certain way. They'd had an experience mm-hmm. of going toward the light. I remember um, Melon Thomas, who had, I think he was in hospice. I can't remember what his condition was, but he was in hospice. He was dying. He decided that while he was dying, he was going to read all these books about near, you know, death experiences and all that kind of thing, experience. And when he then began to transition and die, he stopped at the light and said, wait a minute, I have questions. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was his choice. And he did. And they answered his questions and they sent him back like, oh, you're not done. (laughs) And (laughs) then he went on to invent things and brought information that he had because he had more expanded consciousness. He came back and invented some things. Mm -hmm. So everybody has – it's a very – we have a lot of attachment to death because it's fearful and that's a whole, but yet another show, um, <laughs> which leads me to ask the question about what about hell? What about the theory of hell? Yeah, that's the, the, the belief in hell is actually yeah. it. It's like okay. we have free will. We create our reality based on our thoughts, our beliefs and our emotions. That's what creates everything. And so People that have a belief in hell, um, when they cross over, if that's where they're expecting to go, they can have that experience. That's why I said no one's left to suffer that way. They always have guides that come and rescue them. Evan Alexander, doctor, the neurosurgeon, Dr. Evan Alexander, um, he had so much anger in him when he, when he died that he had what he calls the earthworm experience where he was 
in the earth and this red throbbing, throbbing, throbbing. And he said he was there for eternity. Well, he wasn't obviously, but, and then this being, this girl on a butterfly came and rescued him and took him basically to heaven. So it was because of his beliefs and his emotions and his anger that he experienced that. Now, again, if people believe in heaven and hell, I'm not going to take away their beliefs. It's like, whatever's working for you, you're here having your own experience. Do I believe there's a hell? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, it's in our consciousness. It's in our fears. Um, I mean, I was raised Christian. I mean, my belief is that, and, and I'm an expanded consciousness. I'm a spiritual being right now. I'm not religious. Based on all my beliefs and studies and experiences and readings, I've expanded beyond that. But there are people here that want the rules. They want the limitations. They want Tell me what to do so I can stay in that box because they feel safe for doing that. And that's okay. They're here. Their soul is here in this lifetime having a particular experience. In another lifetime, they're probably having a completely different experience. It's really okay. I don't judge that. But my, what I notice is people that have a fear or belief in hell may experience that for a little while, but they're not left there. And I've also heard of people that did believe in heaven and hell But when they crossed over, because I've talked to so many people on the other side, and they go, wow, was I surprised. (laughs) It's so cute. They go, you know what? I am with God, but it's not what I was taught in the Catholic Church. It's way different. And again, everybody's got a different experience. No judgment. And Mm -hmm. this also shows for free will, expanded consciousness. And we're immortal. So that's why when people have near-death experiences, they, they no longer have a fear of death because they go, we don't really die. Life goes on. We continue. Now it's like I want to do good things here. I want to have loving experiences here. It's kind of a wake-up call for them where they have less fear. They want to do wonderful things. They want to love people. When we are in fear, that's when we become less loving. Fearful people are not usually safe to be around. It's people that are expanded and and, and are happy and love filled that are the safe people to be around. And so we step into the quantum field, whatever, whether we died or not, we can step into the quantum field. And here on earth, we kind of get into a pattern or a lifestyle or a thing. I'll say, well, some of us do, some of us don't, <laughs> some of us just change. In the quantum field, can it be like tossing a coin across the a lake or a, a rock, excuse me, a, a rock across a lake? Can we kind of skip around? Oh, Do yeah. we have more opportunity for skipping around? Yeah, the quantum field basically is, and, and by the way, my definition of God is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. Omnipresent means everywhere present. So how could there be a how? Because hell is supposedly a place where God isn't. It's like, well, that's not possible. We can't be separate from God if God is omnipresent. And so to me, the quantum field is the same source. It's, it's, it's all consciousness. It's everywhere. It's, there's no boundaries. It's where we go to be. It's also where we go to create. So I'll, I'll go into the quantum field for a number of reasons. And by the way, we're always in the quantum field. We exist in the quantum field. It's everywhere. It's consciousness. It's energy. It's everything. It's all that is. Um, I go there to be still. I go there to release all the chatter, all the manifestations. <laughs> it's like I go there kind of as the quiet space to either just be still. Remember, be still and know I am God, right? And or that's where I go to manifest someone, some, someone. Oh, that was a good slip. I go there to mm-hmm. manifest something. I'll go there and because when I'm not conscious that I'm in the quantum field, it looks like outer things or events are separate from me and I'm at the effect of or I'm a victim of when I go into, quote unquote, that state of being of the quantum field, um, it's where I notice everything just exists. Everything's there. I don't have to struggle. I can let go of anything. I can shift. That's how I go into different parallel universes too. I let go of the one I think I'm in. I just step out of it and go into the one that I want to be in where 
I've manifested the things that I love. So that's to me, the quantum field, I go there to be still, or I go there to manifest, I go there to connect with something greater than me. So I get out of fear and drama and chaos and struggle. (laughs) Now, do I always go in there? No, sometimes I think as humans, Richard, we kind of like the drama and the experience of being here. It's like we get to have feelings, you know, we get to have emotions. So sometimes always going into the quantum field, eh, you know, it's like I want to come out here and experience eating ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, yeah. Don't want to miss out on ice cream. Oh no! In the quantum field, we have no ice cream. Oh boy, I've got to fix. <laughs> I've got to work on that. I've got to find that quantum location where we have ice cream. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And and now, that whole thing about I'm not afraid of death either. It's so funny. I think it was Woody Allen who just some one of those guys said, I I'm not afraid of death. I just don't want to be there when it happens. <laughs> it's the idea <laughs> of was, how we yeah. die that's kind of scary. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Um, do uh, this is a multi-part question, but it's all in the same category. Do locations have colors, and does the does the Earth have color? It, does the Earth have an overall color of its own? So those two. Okay, good. So we're back to auras, which is basically look. If we're all made of energy, E equals M C squared. Basically, that says energy and matter are are the same thing. Basically, they're interchangeable. So we're made of energy. So it makes sense that we radiate off energy. And since we're back talking about energy fields and auras, of course, we broadcast who we are. And everyone has felt it. That's why you can meet someone for the first time and either either feel instantly comfortable with them and like standing next to them or other people you go, uh, (laughs) you don't want to stand near, you're just not liking the energy they're putting off. So do locations like different towns, different countries, different areas have um, an energy to it, uh, a color to it, an aura color? Yes, they do, in my experience. So, for example, you yellows, yellows typically like, and yellows need nature. So, yellows like to be where there's trees and nature, whatever. Typically, yellows like warmer weather. They like the sunshine. They don't like being cold. I see more yellows in a place like Southern California, Mexico, Spain is yellow violet, Italy's um, yellow violet. Um, New York City is very green. The Pacific Northwest is very violet. Um, the the New England and New York area is very green. green. And I don't mean green like trees. I mean green. Greens are very driven, workaholic, uh, stock market, business, New York City. New York City is predominantly green with violet. So violet, we've got Broadway and, you know, the entertainment business. That's very violet. Um, So people in the middle of the country tends to be more blue and tan. They like security, stability, home. Violets tend to live more on the coast where it's expansive and big oceans or big mountains, big trees. They like to be inspired by their environment, but it's got to be freedom and expansive. So, yes, different countries, different towns, different landscapes tend to attract certain aura color um, people to them because the people like the lifestyle that that offers. So then again, and that creates that frequency there. Now, does the earth have an aura? Yes, it does. It's a blue aura. Now, funny how we call it a blue, (laughs) the blue planet just because of the Mm. oceans, but it literally has a blue aura and the life purpose of a blue is all about love to give love to be loved to experience love it the the life purpose of a blue i'm a blue by the way i'm a blue yellow who's added violet a blue's life is all about love but a blue's life lesson is learning to accept love to be loved because blues are very good givers they're typically teachers counselors nurses they want to help people rescue people, help people feel loved and cared about. A blue's life lesson is learning that she's loved because blues are very good givers and they're not very good receivers. So you can see the whole life purpose and lesson of the earth is all about love. Okay. That totally so makes sense and feels, feels I'm more kinesthetic. (laughs) I don't see, but I feel. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a yellow. So that's always, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a yellow. My Yellows are more physical. Yeah. They like touch and nature and dogs and hugging and, <laughs> and touching and feeling and being on the earth. Yellows are much more physical. And by the way, Richard, a yellow's life pur- purpose is to bring joy to the planet and or to help beings or the earth or animals heal. They're healers, but they also came here. Yellows want to have fun here. Yellows know the purpose of life is to enjoy life, to have fun. Yellows want to play and laugh and 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 make people happy. Um, and so, and yellows like they connect with nature a lot. So, and yellows can heal and heal nature, even heal people's bodies. So it's all about the touch and joy and happiness and fun. You yellows are supposed to be having fun, Richard. <laughs> This if is it's fun. Not fun is like, well, what's the purpose of being here if I can't enjoy it? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, howdy. Um, so you mentioned green, mm. and and we haven't talked about. So so tell us from. So you've kind of described green. This is a two part question. So tell us about in power green and out of power green. <laughs> so basically, what that means to people are. I use the terms in power and out of power instead of positive and negative. The positive or in power traits, when I say someone's in power, that means they're living their best potential. They're living the positive qualities of their aura color. So greens are the type A business, workaholic, driven um, personalities of the planet. Greens tend to be CEOs and business owners and managers and stockbrokers and real estate agents. I mean, they really want to accomplish. They're very smart. Typically they go one, two, I got it. 10. Let's go. They like to write lists, organize. So when greens are in power, they are movers and shakers. They create jobs for people because they start businesses and then hire people. They get things done. Boy, you want something done when a green is in power, they get things done. And usually greens are like, get out of my way and get it done faster. Just let me do it. Right. They're very organized and efficient. Now, when greens are out of power, now, by the way, none of the aura color personalities are fun to be around when they're out of power, okay? The negative sides of any of the colors are not happy, okay? So (laughs) greens out of power are self-centered, envious, judgmental, critical, they blame, they argue. It's all about money, power, control. They don't mind who they step on to get where they want to go. Um, they're, they're very selfish. They're very self-centered. And you will never, ever, ever win an argument with a green when they're out of power. They're always right. Um, so greens out of power are not fun to be around. They're, they're very judgmental, critical. I mean, if you go out to a dinner with a green and they don't like the food, they will not only send it back, they will be really demanding and critical and, ah, you know, they're not, they're, they're very obvious when they're out of power. Not all the other colors are as obvious when they're out of power. Hmm. <laughs> I'll just move along. My, um, mind you of anyone you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I said I'd take us to the edge. I didn't say I'd um, So that leads me in. There's some coming smart greens. Barbara, Walt- Barbara Walters is a green. Green. David Letterman was green and yellow. Um uh, oh. Bernie Madoff is green. Um, Bill Gates is green with violet. You know, on the good side, they accomplish things. On the other side, yeah, they, it's all about money and them. Yeah. And because we're moving toward the close, I want to uh-huh. ask the question about how do, how do I or how do a group of us point toward the choice point where in the next election, we're not going to get directly political. But in the next election, how do we move toward the field where we have people in charge who really care about the planet? All right. This is going to be a very unusual answer. You're not going to hear this answer out of anybody else pretty much can, can guarantee that. Remember <laughs> I said there's parallel universes? No. Ah. You find yourself in the parallel universe that you believe in that you focus your attention on. Remember they said, whatever you focus your attention on, you'll create wherever you put your energy, you're going to manifest. That's how you move in and out of parallel universes. Also, whatever you believe in, wherever you put your focus, Mm -hmm. whatever 
you put your emotions and your passion into is the parallel universe you're going to end up in. So that means that of the billions or, you know, 50,000 people that are running for president right now, if you really believe in something, you're going to, you're going to manifest that reality. Now, here's the deal. Remember, you can't just pretend you believe. If you want to know what you believe in, look at your environment, and you're going to know exactly what you believe in because you're in that parallel universe. And we've been trained to think that we can be victims, that there are things outside of us that we have no, quote, unquote, control over. It's not about controlling something. It's about creating your reality. You are creating your reality 100%. And most people do not get that. They can't fathom it because we haven't been taught that. So they think there's a line. But look, some people believe they have zero control over their lives. Some people believe they have 100% creative power over their lives. And most of us fall somewhere on that line in between. And where you fall in between is purely arbitrary. It's arbitrary. You do not believe or have the same experience of anyone else on this planet at all. So where you are on that line is purely arbitrary. I tend to go more towards the 100%. Do I always experience it? Do I totally believe it all the time? No, but I do believe that's the truth. I just don't always find myself experiencing that. But more often than not, I'm up closer to the 100%. Creative control over my life. Creative ability. Creative manifestation over my life. Does that answer your question about how, how we're going to end up... Uh, uh, who's going to win the election in your reality? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause it, for me, it is, it, I, I'm a yellow and mm-hmm. I really care about nature. So that's my, mm-hmm. that's why I asked that question because I'm really interested in, I see so much bad action being mm-hmm. taken for the planet, it, it, the planet in which we live. It's our house. And I see people mm-hmm. trying to burn the house down. In so one really reality, interested. focus in focus one reality, on in the reality, reality that we currently seem to be in. So I need to bump over to a parallel reality where right. you don't need it's to, blue but you birds can. and happy fish and dots jumping up and down because they go, wow, it's more here than what we thought. Yeah, as soon as idea. you believe there's an enemy, you know, because sometimes, well, we got to have something to have passion and fight against. Well, so accept that. Yeah, that's what you're doing. But if you really want to shift into a different reality, all those exist. There's even a, a reality where the earth blew up years ago, you know, in the, in, the, in the war, in the nuclear age. There's versions of the earth that no longer exist because it got blown up. But there's also infinite number of versions of earth that, that is in peaceful, harmonious, everybody's doing great. And look at the one you find yourself in. Mm. And I tell people, argue for your limitations and they're yours. That's quoting Richard Bach. Okay. Or argue for your limitations if you're, and they're yours. So if people go, no, but that, but that, but that, and I go, good. Okay. Live that. <laughs> if you really <laughs> insist that that's not the case, Pam, it really is this way. I go, okay, go for it. <laughs> Have a good time. <laughs> go full out. I've proven to myself that the opposite is true, that right. we create. Yeah, I'm not so much about fighting and arguing and contention because I just think it's energy going nowhere. I mean, I can get mm-hmm. into a good fight, but why? I'm not mm-hmm. – I don't want to fight. I'd much rather let's have – I'm a yellow. I, I want to have fun. I want to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to see nature thrive, and so I'm stepping over into that parallel. Well, and, and one of drop. The, <laughs> <laughs> well, and one of the things I, I say to people is, if you focus on the problem, you'll stay stuck. If you focus on the solution, you'll move forward. That's a bumper sticker. I like mm-hmm. that. Okay, now we're at the point at which I ask you, where would you like to find that? Where would you like people to find out more about your information? And do you still have time to do sessions with people? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing parallel I'm universes. Seeing, <laughs> I'm seeing <laughs> right now in this reality, I'm seeing six to eight clients a day on the phone, on Skype in person, well, on the phone and on Skype, not as much in person anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, you could go to my website, auracolors.com, A-U-R-A, colors, the American version, C-O-L-O-R-S, auracolors.com, or you can find me in the field. <laughs> we'll chat in the, in, the, in the quantum field. No, that's where you can find me, in the ethers, mm-hmm. on the internet, it's on my website. <laughs> Everything's there, including a free quiz. And free videos that people can find out what their aura colors are. 
I highly recommend that to everybody. Go to auracolors.com, take the test. It's it's great. <laughs> Very informative. Um, thank you so much. I knew that was going to be fun, and it was. There. <laughs> I got yellow, too. I got to have fun. And we exactly. got to jump around a lot. How funny is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's very fun. All right. Thank you so much, Pam. And everybody, have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you uh, next weekend. Bye-bye. <laughs>